This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third 2023 World Cup Edition. I'm Sandra Arreda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, my colleague and co-host, Lisa Carlin, analyst for CBS Sports, and alongside Jordan Angeli, analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we are going to recap Women's World Cup Match Day 1 and talk all about the host nations and how they kicked off all of the action. Before we get into that, just want to let everyone know that we are nominees for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And we appreciate everything you all do for us, and we hope that you enjoy our show enough to nominate us to advance to the final round. To nominate Attacking Third, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up, then toggle down to the sports category. The whole process takes about 60 seconds, and we have included the link in the episode description as well. And another reminder, we're on Golasso Network, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, 4 p.m. Eastern for free on Paramount+, Plus, Pluto TV, and CBS Sports app, and cbssports.com, all live on Golasso Network. So make sure you tune on in and catch us the studio version of Attacking Third. Hey, y'all, Jordan. How are you doing today? I'm good. I It's been a fun week, a lot happening. And then with Attacking Third launching in the studio, was with Lisa for most of those days. And then we'll cap off the week tomorrow, talking World Cup U.S. Women's National Team before their game. But I'm, I'm st- staying in there. It's <laughs> 1.30 and I'm still awake from that 3 a.m. wake up call. How are you feeling, Sandra? I'm, you know what, uh, delirious, but yeah. full of joy. You know, couldn't wait to to get together and uh, chat all things World Cup match day one recap with y'all. Lisa, you hanging in there? I am hanging in there. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a week. Um, if you have yet to check out Attacking Third on Galazzo Network, please do it. Uh, we will be there tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Watch it on Paramount+, Plus, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, anywhere and everywhere you get Galazzo Network. Um, it's fantastic analysis, and we'll have more on the World Cup there. This is just a little bite-sized nugget that we're giving everyone today. Look, we, we just couldn't let a single minute go by without touching on so many of the other games because it's the group stage. We're officially kicked off. There's going to be games, literally it feels like, round the clock because for those of us stateside kind of taking all this in, 
from the Southern Hemisphere, we feel like games are going to start at any like hour of the day. So we've got another one that's going to kick off tonight uh, with, with, Ni- with Nigeria and Canada. And then there's going to be more games and more games and more games. And we're really just like through it. So we've already got two games to maybe give some reactions to. Of course, we're going to chat about the co-hosts and spoiler alert, they picked up a couple <laughs> wins. So we're going to chat all about that. We have to have to start with New Zealand versus Norway, the group a matchup kicking things off New Zealand, a 1-0 win against Norway. Y'all, we've been talking about it in the build-up to this World Cup. We said this World Cup is going to be the greatest World Cup that we have seen. And the hosts are already delivering the history for us. New Zealand pick up their first ever World Master. Cup win. Huge. Lisa, hit me Huge. with your first reactions. I mean, th- I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for New Zealand being the host country. Um, they play this game against Norway right after the opening ceremonies. I mean, the World Cup makes me cry watching the national anthems because these players are living out their dreams. The they're best. representing their countries. It is the best, Jordan. It's the best. And for New Zealand, who in 16 World Cup games has scored one goal and it was an own goal. They've never won a game and they come out and, and they get a win and not just a win. They score a goal against Norway, a top ranked team. Um, Their group was not going to be easy. They rode on the crowd and the cheers that were coming from all of their home fans, the, the cheers every time New Zealand got the ball and they're attacking into the field were so loud for them to do something with it and it paid off i mean heartwarming in this game and we'll get into the details of it but i loved it well let's start getting into the details jordan we we saw some starting 11s drop for these two teams we we had you know the the first day kind of ceremonial things taking place though the walkouts you know onto the pitch what were some of your reactions to to the players that we were going to see on both sides of the other ball here right at kickoff I thought the starting lineups looked a lot like what I would have expected for both of the teams. These are some of the best images I think that came out of Allie Riley, a native of Southern California who represents New Zealand and has for a long time finally getting to play at home. These are the pregame. The postgames are even better. And I think that that is um, where really so much joy lies. Her and her mom uh, celebrating together might be the picture of the tournament. And I'm saying that after day one, it was just <laughs> so beautiful. But these two teams came out the way I think we expected as far as how they were going to set up the players that they were going to play. We saw Graham Hansen, Hegerberg for Norway, for uh, New Zealand. We're seeing Wilkinson. We're seeing um, just players that they have in hand and Paige Riley starting on the wing players that we had seen building into this tournament that they were playing. And, I think the biggest surprise to me is, one, not the first 20 minutes because it kind of gave you first 20 minutes of a World Cup vibe, like a little bit hectic. Yeah. Nobody could keep the ball. Yeah. But I think it was also hectic because I don't think Norway expected New Zealand to come out with so much pressure right away to not be a little bit. I think they thought maybe, oh, we're Norway. You're going to sit back and let us attack you a little bit. And New Zealand was saying, no, this is our turf. And I think that's why the crowd was really into it too, Lisa, is because they were so excited about the way that their squad was performing, that they wanted to be the aggressor, that they wanted to take it at Norway. And that's at the tone. And now the crowd is in it. And now the crowd 
can cheer all those times where Riley or Hassett gets on the ball and they start taking people on. I just thought that they did a really good job of capturing momentum probably after 25 minutes. Once the nerves settle down, the yeah. first 10, 15 minutes of every first game, it feels like for both of the ones we got to watch this morning, we're like, chaos it's like all over the place there's a nerves with a lot of these players they're trying to settle things down but I agree with you Jordan New Zealand had a game plan and it was evident that they had practiced this game plan um, they knew what they were going to do and they were really confident in what they could bring to this match against uh, against Norway for sure I loved all those early images I you know hearing you reference them Jordan and, and Lisa you tossing them up on, on the YouTube here and getting to relive them a bit yeah I mean look if you've listened to us as a podcast you probably already know that we have you know YouTube channel videos well and I had to come and represent Allie Riley I'm yes. rocking the Angel City hat because this was just such a monumentous occasion for this team and and I'm with you Jordan that the the, the early even really just the entire first half kind of felt a little bit even with the inside and in between those jitters. I, I, if memory serves me correct, like I believe at the halftime stats, they were tied in, in total mm-hmm. shots, like four apiece uh, for, for, for each, each team. And then possession was mostly even between them. And it just felt like, okay, what, what's going to happen here? And I was a little nervous that maybe we were going to get like a scoreless draw kind of, uh, you know, end result with with kind of all the energy, but uh, you know, between both sides here. But I love that it didn't uh, shake out to that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that New Zealand just didn't stop into this no. second half. Like they absolutely took this game to Norway and they kept taking yeah. it to them in the second half. Well, I thought that their wingers played well. You started to see some of these runs that the wingers were making for New Zealand in the first half. They weren't coming to fruition once they got inside the box. But the first five minutes of each half, the last five minutes of each half, and after big moments of injury or stoppages in play are key, especially in big tournaments. Because if you lose an a second of focus, not even a second, a half a second. You tr- don't track your marker. You yep. don't get your positioning right. You are going to be in a poor position. And I think that's what happened in for this goal because Norway wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely with that. Um, it's It comes right at the start of the second half. The 48th minute is when Hannah Wilkinson gets the opening goal of the entire World Cup in this one for New Zealand, the first ever goal scored by New Zealand for New Zealand. Um, But it was very, the way that it happened, you almost could have predicted that throughout the first 47 minutes of the game Mm -hmm. because it was, New Zealand was playing very predictably. Uh, That's what I mean. They had a game plan. They were ready to go, to go with it. You look at Hannah Wilkinson um, and the other forward, Jackie Hand, they're very quick. They've got really good step. Um, Those quick switch muscles, fibers were working really well and they got a step on Norway's back line and that was it the game plan for New Zealand when they were building out of the back was okay one two touches let's send it down the line let's see if we can get our attackers in behind Norway's back line that's exactly what happened as hand runs onto the ball she's got the pace and that initial first touch is really what sets her up because she lets it run past her with a quick little touch and then she can use her speed and Wilkinson just bodying through I mean her physical presence on the pitch is tremendous. And then her ability to have such 
clean technical skill while being a big physical, strong, fast player is incredibly impressive because she balances those so well. I mean, a really good goal by New Zealand. And that's how they created their chances throughout the first half of the game and drew corner kicks or whatever it may be, putting Norway under pressure by getting them to turn and run at their own goal. Yeah, and it was it was such a sorry, y'all. It was such a I'm just like reliving these these moments in, in my brain. But I just want to take a second to just like talk a little bit or recognize the scenes out of this out of this goal. Um, this crowd, nearly 50K in the stadium in it from the beginning with their home side. And you just you could just feel that they were waiting 47 minutes to just erupt. And here comes Wilkinson with the delivery. I loved it. It was such mm-hmm. a special moment. Her 29th international goal for New Zealand. And it is going to be the one with all the gold stars by yeah. it because it was just a massive goal for her, for her country, for her teammates who have been a lot of those players have been alongside her yeah. fighting at these World Cups, not advancing, not scoring, not winning a game. And here they are. They don't just get a goal. They win at home when they're hosting. It's exactly what you want to predict uh, when you go into these World Cups. But I, I really thought they did a good job, and this is the last point I'll make, of isolating Engen for Norway. And yeah. I don't think Engen had a very good game. As that holding midfielder, I, I expect more, and I think we're going to see more from this Norway team. I think they're going to be a lot tighter. They're going to, I mean, they're going to have to. If yeah. they're going to get out of their group, they have to win the next two games. So uh, I think Engen is going to have to step up. If they play that 4-1-4-1 defensively, there's a lot of space next to Engen. So how are they going to help her out? Because that's exactly where the goal came from, as that movement you were talking about, Lisa, is right next to that lone holding midfielder. It'll be interesting to see how Norway bounces back from this one and what kind of spark this gives New Zealand. That's that's going to be fun to watch. Massive. Oh God, I love the yeah. World Cup. There's it's it's evident, right? I think at this at this point in this in this opening group loss for Norway that there's definite things here for them to to work on. I mean, they did an excellent job of neutralizing Carolyn Graham Hansen. This is a player that we, you know, all thought that was going to probably break out right out the gate in the, in this first group match. That just was not the case uh, for, for them. Uh, look, they had their chances. Let's not act like they didn't uh, really brought it on in the end there. My goodness, nine minutes of stoppage time. I, I would have oh, been like, just God. blow the whistle, <laughs> blow the whistle, you know, like it just, it absolutely delivered in terms of, um, you know, an opening World Cup yeah. match. And it, it kind of set the tone a little bit. You know, what were we going to expect from the co-hosts in Australia? But uh, I, I want to give either of you any, you know, final thoughts on this game before we pivot. I just wonder if teams prepped for longer stoppage, stoppage times after I mean, the last World Cup. Yeah. Because nine minutes is... That, that's a lot of time. It, you're you're not only the physical part of it, but really the mental part of it. The to game think. plan of it. The game yeah. plan. You look up at the clock at 75 and you're thinking, whoa, there's still 15 minutes left. Yeah. But really, there's still 25 minutes left. And that's, that's a, a whole different time. ball game. Yeah. It, so I just that just popped into my mind. I am curious to how all these teams prepped for a World Cup on the heels of a men's World Cup yeah. that saw the same stoppage time. No, I'm with you. So part of part of the VAR, right? We're we're mm-hmm. they 
are still implementing it in this World Cup. They're making the announcement if there is an official change or call on the pitch. I mean, we didn't even really get to touch on the fact that there was a missed penalty kick opportunity here yeah. for, for New Zealand. You know, they're high. They're going to be high on these three points and this opening historic win for their program. Uh, but there are things to work on for them, too, in, in between the lines on this match. And, and maybe this is one of them, you know, the, the pressure cooker, right, of, of being the co-host uh, of the World Cup and and having to deliver in those moments, right? You hate, you hate to see it. You know, it's such, it's such a tough moment for, for, for players to kind of be in that position. And, and first of all, unable to, to convert on that and really kind of put the game on ice. Right. And then those nine minutes just feel even longer, but we'll see how both teams respond out of how they finished this game in their second match day. But we have to talk about co-hosts Australia and their three points again, spoiler alert. They won this one against Ireland 1-0 but it wasn't this, this game was at 6 a.m Eastern no spoilers at this point it, yeah. yeah 3 a.m I get it but 6 a.m no come on yeah, you should have maybe tried to catch the replay at this point mm. at least but look this wasn't this wasn't a game with, without um some some headlines right before kickoff the the Matildas and Sam Kerr announcing that she would not be available for this opening game nor the next group match you will miss the first two group matches of this game with a calf injury that was sustained in the very final match at minus day one of training and all precautions are being taken and they said hey not this game and not even the next game no I, I haven't seen this and I want to ask both of you this. Why would they say, hey, she's out for this one and the next one? Like, why would you give more information than necessary? Right. They could have just said yeah. she sustained a calf injury and she's going to miss this game. Right. You have to say the availability right before the game and let people mm-hmm. know. But why would they kind of expose themselves and say she's also out for the second one? Like, I didn't read anything else about, like, if it was more serious or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's not that serious. And, and they they're just she, saying that. And they're saying, hey, she'll be out next game. I, I have not seen the actual report that says she is out from Australia. Mm-hmm. It didn't say in Sam Kerr's that she would be out for both games, right? I'm, I don't, no. I didn't read that in hers. Not in Sam Kerr's. She put out something so, on social and it just said one. So that's the other thing. And then I was maybe like, there's maybe a mental game to it. Maybe, maybe it's really only going to be one game. They just want to scare their other like opposition, Canada, Nigeria. <laughs> may force them to prepare no matter what you know maybe maybe there is a a tiny bit of uh of gamesmanship in it and and while it wasn't announced while it wasn't maybe specifically announced from from sam kerr she she essentially said hey yes calf injury want to get it out there you know so that we don't draw attention away from the moment but uh the matilda's official twitter was the where the announcer was for the next two matches okay so okay. It, like dual announcements right player and yeah. and, and, and team heartbreaking uh, for Kerr but honestly. a little more info from from the team which I'm with you Lisa it's kind of curious to like why would you bring that yeah. up but, but maybe it's something something dark to arts. think about I like but, that Jordan called it the dark arts for sure <laughs> <laughs> and I'm frankly, I'm really sad for Sam Kerr, right? Yeah. Your Ugh. nation is hosting. This is the opening game, the opening ceremonies that uh, to be at a World Cup is everything. To be at your fourth, right, or fifth, what is she at? And to not yeah. be able to yeah. play in your first one, like, oh God, that that stinks. Yeah, absolutely. And but you know, I, I, the the Matilda's uh, tweet did say that uh, the medical team will reassess her following the second group stage match. So maybe they wanted to just put a tight bow on it right now and say like she's 
not I, available for right. the like what's more jarring she's going to miss a couple of games in the group match or the entire group True. match you know, like i'm kind of thinking like maybe the phrasing and then maybe the mentality and going in for that which but, makes this win even bigger Totally. It kind of puts the the spotlight in other areas on the pitch here. You know, what? how is this team going to line up? What adjustments are they going to make? I think right away we can all we all made the assumption that Fowler would get tabbed with the start. And that's what we ended up mm-hmm. seeing in this match. I went to you for for reactions to the lineup first. And so I'll go to Lisa for this one. When you saw these lineups drop for Ireland and Australia was anything surprising outside of Sam Kerr and Fowler uh, getting the start. And uh, what did you think of, of the girls in green and how they lined up as well? Cause I know you've got them as some dark horses in this group. I do. I do. I like this outer side. No, I, no surprises, right? Of course, Sam being out, uh, Fowler gets into the mix. She's the player that heading into the world cup, their, their final warm up game. She got the goal off the bench for Australia. So that's a great substitute. Give her a little bit of confidence heading into it. Um, I think very predictable lineup for Ireland as well and predictable game plan to start. As, as I mentioned with New Zealand and Norway, the first 10 minutes were hectic and all over the place. It takes a little bit for them to calm down, to settle into the game. Um, Um, And Ireland did what I I think most people would have predicted. They sat back really deep, compact defensively in in like a block of nine players, making it really difficult for Australia to break through and get into that mix. It's just because it's so, so, so compact. The space was in the wide areas of the field. And Ireland is going to let you have that all day because the cross is coming into the box. Their goalies got them. They'll handle them. They'll send them out despite going up against some pretty tall Australian players um, and and some shorties on the Irish side. The height difference is definitely interesting. But as this game went on, it definitely opened up a little bit more. And I was really impressed with the way that Ireland was able to attack Australia. And there there were definitely moments when Australia sat back and said, okay, we're going to sit back in a lower block and see how you attack us and see where we can pick off the ball. And the, the skill of the individual players on the Ireland side is impressive. And that's going to be what could carry them forward and get them points moving forward. I got to ask you, Jordan, because yeah. Lisa's making a point on, on some of these individual battles. So Rasso versus McCabe, uh, give yeah. me your thoughts. What would you think over the 90 minutes? I'm sure Lisa was laughing because yesterday I thought that McCabe rolled her sleeves up, but it's actually she tucks her shirt in. And that's the <laughs> thing. That, it's That's her differentiation factor. You know, it's the tuck oh. shirt. It gives you that, like, strong woman vibe. Um, and I'm here for it. It is very aggressive. But so is Haley Rasso. I thought yeah. that it was it was I liked it wildly entertaining. I was a little nervous that neither would make it out of the game yes. in some Same. point, which at this point in this World Cup, that's the last thing anybody wants to see. I thought that was it was interesting. And I, I think that when Lisa's talking about Australia saying, All right, Ireland, come at us. The reason is because Australia wants to play in transition. Right. They're exactly. so good in transition moments. So they're saying, Okay why don't you just ease a little bit out of that block? We want to pull as many players up the field as possible. But I think for Australia to get a win in this game, yes, they didn't score in the run of play, but I think where their goal was created from was exactly what you need to do against a team who plays a 5-4-1. That deep block is you need to occupy the wing back, the outside center back, and then make a run into that gap, that space right in front of those players, the pocket, right? Yes, And that happened on the goal. Vine wins the ball back. But then it's this run inside um, by Catley comes into this internal pocket. And then from there, it's not clean in the first 
transition, but they can win the ball back and then create a little bit of space. Uh, I thought Cooney Cross was all right in the first mm-hmm. half, but the second half a lot better. Yeah, much better. And, she grew into grew. the game. Which I think she does. A lot of people, yeah, which yeah. a lot of people grew into the game. Uh, but I, I loved the way that they started occupying the channels, as Lisa was talking about. If you have to win the channels and you have to win that pocket of space to try to pull out a five back, Australia really did that in the second mm-hmm. half, created a lot more um, opportunities, uh, withheld some pressure from Ireland deep into the game. I thought Ireland looked like they were going to get an opportunity off a, a set piece there and, and knock something, end up knocking something in off of a rebound. But overall, I mean, it, looks, for- it looks like Katie McCabe was going for the Olympico <laughs> on every single corner kick at the end. Hey, why not? She's getting pretty yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> Got to try some stuff uh, mm-hmm. every every once in a while. I thought Katrina uh, Gorey had a pretty good game for for the Matildas as, as well. I thought she kind of was a more of a standout in that first half. And mm-hmm. um, we're talking about players who who grew over the course of of the ninety minutes. And you know, I think she's been playing really well though. Even yes. in their lead up game against France, I thought she was one of the best players on the field, and I thought she was today as well. She's just steady in the mix of really aggressive attacking outside backs you need that Sandra you know that right that that is one of the things that you need I think that the what Australia could show against a really defensive minded team like Ireland they showed how well they are how good they are on the ball this is a really good Australian squad they they can keep it yeah they want to go quick in transition but they showed off a little bit of their skill which I really liked seeing I think doing it without Sam Kerr I think has to give you a, a bit more of a boost that you kind of maybe want to walk around with your, with your head a little bit higher, right. And your chest puffed out a little bit saying, yeah, we're all right. We got this. Mm-hmm. Do not worry. Totally. We got this pressure. What pressure, you know? And I, and I just, their buildup to this moment. I thought it was incredibly smart to have a very large public, loud crowd on hand against that final friendly against France, I think it kind of lifted some of that pressure off of them a little bit going into this match. But then you have the last minute injury to Sam Kerr and maybe it throws some of that pressure back on. So to get this win, to get these three points, uh, I I think maybe they're going to navigate well they're going to be forced to navigate this group stage a little bit differently without their their superstar. Right. But having that first win, I think is going to aid them so well Uh, in terms of the in terms of Ireland, what they need to take out of this game. And going into the next one, they 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 were bringing it on even in the length yeah. of stoppage time in this game. McCabe with finally right another good look uh, on goal. What what do they need to do to try to make sure they stay afloat in this group, Lisa? For me, Ireland can't get in their heads about this, right? They concede a penalty kick, um, pretty unlucky in this one as the goal came. It- from the spot for Australia. I think that's something that they can be positive about. It didn't come in the run of play, but try not to get bogged down by that because the game plan was working for Ireland, right? Sit a bit more compact defensively, keep the game wide in those channels um, and look to counterattack when you could and when you can. I think something that Vera Paul's side could work on with Irish moving forward is once they do get into the attack and they spring forward, they've got to have numbers. When, When it's just one player, two players inside the box it's never going to work and you're never going to get that lucky um and as the more and more chances came for Ireland towards the end of the game they were coming off the set pieces and corner kicks how can they it maybe 
play it short, get a different angle, try something a little different when you're going up against a taller team in taller opposition, but they can't hang their heads on this, right? There's still two more games that they can play. They can get out of this group. They've got, they've got games that they can win and they can beat the opposition for sure. Yeah, I know everyone's going to have their eye on, on Ireland when they go up against uh, Canada, but that's not for for a few days. The first two matches of match day one are in the books. We've got Nigeria and Canada tonight. We've got Philippines and Switzerland, Spain and Costa Rica, and then that is all building uh-huh. up to United States against Vietnam. We want to shout out Sinead Fairley. Of course, we did not get a chance to touch on this exquisite player with an incredible story to the world cup got tabbed with the start yeah yeah that was my i like lisa's takeaway for what they need to do next my takeaway is they need to find Sinead farley a little bit more and i think it is in transition moments can she pop inside i know they have her as a winger but can she be that outlet centrally in the pocket and then allow maybe if it is pain still in that second game to get in beyond her but they need to find her she was called so much in these defensive moments but right when they win it can she then get high and a little bit inside because that's where she operates the best essentially we've seen that for years right um mm-hmm. in nwsl yeah. and seeing it again which is yeah so nice. and she's already doing it in yeah. your first season back after right. several several years that's an incredible story to sort of again we're all bearing witness to this and it's delightful to see that it's not just concluded, but kind of reopened a new chapter with with starting for Ireland in in the World Cup. Uh, lots of Americans to, to root on in this 2023 World Cup uh, across multiple national teams, really. Uh, but the United States women's national team will get their shot at picking up their first points in Group E. They're going to take on Vietnam Friday night. Locally, if you're watching stateside, that one's going to kick off at 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you tune on in. This is Attacking Third. So, of course, we got to close out with some picks. Lisa, Jordan, oh. I'm going to ask you for picks back-to-back. Let's go. For which games? For U.S.? For U.S. and Vietnam. U.S. U.S. USA. Shut out and yep. a couple goals. I'll give them three. Three nothing. Oh, I'm gonna yep. say five. Okay, I went. I went with three. So I had to write up the oh. you know preview on dot com for all this and let the you folks too. know We're where to find notes. Look, oh, there's some. You, you I'm gonna take your quote. You, there's something about those first 15 minute jitters of a okay. first World Cup game. I think it's gonna take them a little bit of time to finally get that that comfortability amongst it. Because again, you know, we're not too sure who's actually going to start in this game. Uh, I think that send-off game kind of gave us some, some interesting looks there and some glimpses at, at players who are, you know, kind of still probably competing for some, some starting spots there. I think obviously coming out of that, that Wales game, you look at Rodman, you look at Williams and what they brought off the bench. Is that enough to shake up some of the coaching staff's plans for what would have been in this game? I don't know. We're all going to find out together though, really, really soon. But all three of us are pulling for USA. And of course we'll have to talk about whether or not we were correct, but that is going to be it for now on our recap of women's world cup. 2023 match day one. Make sure you tune on into Golasso Network on Friday 
at 4 p.m. Eastern for a lengthy U.S. Women's National Team preview against Vietnam. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us. Make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third to get alerts. And we'll be back with more for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Carlin, and Jordan Angeli. This was Attacking Third. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.